0: Okay, hello all. Welcome to a public Habura Shiur. Tonight we will explore the different approaches between Sefaradim and Ashkenazim, to principles of Kashrut. Leading us is Rabbi Amram Nemeth. About our speaker, Rabbi Amram Nemeth was brought up in Golders Green, London, and went to, on to study in Gateshead Yeshiva, and then in Israel. After receiving semicha, he worked closely with Rabbi Avram Levy, Shalom at Naima JPS and Montefiore College. As some of you already know, Rabbi Abram Levy was a key figure in the formation of the Chabura. Rabbi Nemeth is currently the head of Jewish studies at Naima JPS and Rosh Bet Midrash of the Jewish Learning Exchange in London. Uh, Rabbi Nemeth has presented to the Chabura in the past, both live in London for our Sunday night program and also online. So it's very nice uh, to have him back with us. Um, also, his niece just got uh, engaged. So. Uh, <laughs> um and Suk and uh so mazal tov uh, sukkot is coming up and if you haven't yet i highly recommend all to get yourself a copy of the khaburah's book on sukkot which came out last year uh it's available on amazon on our website and i highly recommend it uh, with that said thank you all for being here live and for all those who, who listen after rabbi nemeth thank you so much for being here with us and the floor is yours
1: yeah sure thank you good evening everyone and to the tom that i know and uh, it's lovely to be here again. I do this, like you said, uh, um, I worked very closely with Rabbi Levy, And I don't generally have any time for anything, um, having been home since this morning. But in his memory, I think uh, it's definitely. I'll definitely give a share or two. And I know when the Habura started, um, he used to speak about it a lot or any time there was more learning. And therefore, please God, this should be in his merit and, and for all the hard work that he did throughout his life then, okay, so there's a few but differences between Sephardi and Ashkenazim is such a broad topic, and um, it's really something that I think in some areas, you have to understand that in the core areas of Halakha, there's not going to be a difference between the two. Everyone agrees meat and milk should be separate. Everyone agrees you've got to keep Shabbat on the seventh day. It's the intricacies that, but when these intricacies are in day-to-day life and you keep them and they do make a practical difference, and I was going to give a th- the, this share for a full hour. I was going to do the the paraf, then dishwashers, and then stoves, but um, I'm going to have to leave a bit early. So we'll start off with paraf food and the differences between. So I presume I've got the rights to share the screen, but just before I share, I want you to what we're going to discuss tonight is I'm sure everyone here, it's a learned crowd, you're familiar with the term and You're all familiar with the term B'Dievet. L'Chathchila, normally, before the act, can you initially go ahead and do something? And B'Dievet usually means something's done already. And there are many rules that B'Dievet, it's okay, it's also an expression. B'Dievet, B'Dievet, I'm guessing the Svadin would say, but B'Dievet means it's done, and therefore it's different. And tonight we're going to discuss some cases of lechat, different types of lechat and different types of bedievet. And, you know, I am a rabbi here of the shul, and I based this shiur on the most common questions that I get asked between Svadim and Ashkenazim with regards to the halachot of para-food. Because it seems to be that everyone understands that you've got to cook meat in a meaty pot, and everyone understands milk in a milky pot. They're binary halachot, and they're very clear. The main texts that I get are related to parafood, food, cutlery, etc. So let's go through that a bit. And forgive me, there's a few pictures I've drawn. It's just get a bit complicated otherwise. But um, I'm just going to share that with you now. Okay. So I want you to look, if you look first, scenario one, and that is I'm cooking pasta in a meaty sauce and we'll mix it with cheese. That means you come home and you say to yourself, I'm going to take a meaty pot, and this is very common from the questions that I get asked, and you put loads of pasta in. But I'm not actually going to mix milk in this meaty pot that's meat and milk on the fire i'm knowledgeable enough no know not i know not to do that but i'm gonna take of food and put it inside my meaty pot a pasta as of as, as you can get and my intent is the picture on the right hand side to get to the pasta and cheese and i'm allowed to do that presumably am i or am i not that's one scenario we're going to come back to Number two, I'm cooking pasta in a meaty sauce to have as, in in a meaty pot, sorry, to have as spaghetti bolognese. Okay. Number three, in the same scenario, 2A, I have leftover pasta and I would like to mix it with cheese. That's the most common question. You have pasta in the fridge and you cooked it originally to have with bolognese, but you have leftovers. Can you mix it then with cheese afterwards? And finally, you have, I've already mixed pasta that was cooked in a meaty pot with milk. So you cooked it in this pot on the left, and you already mixed it. And to answer all these scenarios, we need to start off with a very well-known, if you know the halacha, the bas of a and halacha called nut bar nut, which means like this, which means if something is prohibited, it stays prohibited forever, It can never become permitted until you annul it in a ratio of 1 to 60. As long as you haven't got that ratio of 1 to 60 in most scenarios, it's forbidden. That's non-kosher meat, non-kosher wine to an extent, any non-kosher ingredient. If you're cooking it in a pot and the pot has the taste inside, classic example, you have a non-kosher pot and you cook carrots inside the pot Everything is forbidden because the walls of the pot had some sort of residue, or in Hebrew you call it tam, of the pot of the original non-kosher food in there, and therefore it's forbidden. That's the classic example. Then, what happens if you have a meaty pot and you cook par of food inside it? What's the status of that food? Now, when you take that food and then mix it with milk, what kind of prohibition have you created? Now, think about what you've done. You've cooked para food, which is neutral, in a meaty pot. You take the para food out and you put it then together with cheese. Now, the, the first thoughts, and these are the thoughts of the rabbis of the Gemara as well, whether that That's forbidden. Because the meaty pot had taste inside it. That taste was imparted into the para food. And that taste is sitting inside the para food. So when you take that and mix it with cheese, you have basa v'chalav if the cheese was hot. I'm going to say that again. Presumably, and this is the view of one of the rabbis of the Gemara, because the other view I think is novel, but it's still the halachic view, is if I cook para in a meaty pot, and the, the fire is on. And I take it and I put it inside. I take it out and I then put hot cheese all over it. Everything is meat and milk. Because there was taste of meat lingering inside my carrot or pasta when I put them in the pot. And I put them with cheese. But the Gemara presents to us another halachic viewpoint, which is contrary to that. And that halachic viewpoint is based on the premise that it's very hard to create this entity called meat and milk. And in order to create this forbidden substance called meat and milk, there has to be a strong taste of meat and there has to be a strong taste of milk. And as long as either one of them is too weak, you don't have this fusion of a new prohibited substance called meat and milk or basah or chanan in halachic terminology. If something's prohibited in a pot, and you cook something inside it, it stays prohibited. You have non-kosher pot, non-kosher meat, you cook carrots, you can't have those carrots. If you then cook the carrots, the taste goes into something else. That stays forever. However, the rabbis told us, or some rabbis told us, not so fast when you're creating a fusion of meat and milk, I only think, says the Gemara, that will be forbidden if there's a strong taste of meat bashing into a strong taste of milk. But as soon as you don't have a strong taste of meat coming into a strong taste of milk, that's not the prohibition of basa b'chalav. And that's an entry point for us to discuss para food in meaty pots or milky pots. I'm going to go back to that if you missed that. I'm going to start just by going to the Gemara. If, if, if you look at my where my um arrow is, it's Maro. It was Ralph,
0: can you also can you zoom in a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. Um, do I let me think? Um, how do I zoom on here? One second, yeah, I'll do it for you. I'll open it as a, as a as a PDF, one second. Here we are. So far, so good. Have, have I made anyone closer to Hashem at this point? You, <laughs> look, as long as I haven't moved anyone further away, that's always what I think. As long as I haven't made things worse, I'm generally okay. If people stay neutral, then I, it's also a miracle. If people became closer to the master of the universe and wanted to connect to his laws, then, well, then then there's nothing, I don't think there's anything more worth living for. I'm sure you agree, the senior rabbi here. You don't look like a senior, you look too young to be a senior rabbi there.
0: In your rabbi's office, you know. I, get oh, I see,
1: fair enough. Okay, let's get this up. And here we go. Well, listen, you're a special guy for, getting, for doing all of this, so well done to you. Okay, I'm going to zoom in. Here we go. Now, this is your entry point. And, I, and the reason you think, why well, do I not? Most people, as I see, don't know these. And most people that I've interacted with actually get shocked by all these halakhat. They think every meaty part is always forbidden and you can never mix anything. It's mar. It was stated. Dugim among the, the blue... Line of the first wide lines. Dagim shaalu bit Fish that were put on a plate. Rav Ama. Rav says, Asor laachlan bekutach. You cannot eat them with milky sauce. Or shmol Ama. And Shmuel says, Muta laachlan bekutach. You can eat them with milk. They were on a meaty plate. They were on meaty utensils. And the argument is whether you, if para food like fish is mixed with meaty utensils, can you then have that with a cheese sauce on top? This is not, we're not going to discuss now the prohibition which some Sfadim are careful for of fish and cheese. That's a very different discussion, but that's discussed here in the literature on these hadachat. But that's not our point. And our point, we're focusing in on the para fish and they were cooked in a plate or a pot that had a meaty kind that was meaty. And you then want to mix it with milky sauce, similar to our picture of a pot, a meaty pot, eating then with cheese. It's para food. So cooking the pasta or the fish in this meaty pot was permitted. But my question is, can I mix it? Rav Asol Rav says you can't eat the two together. That's meat and milk, whether rabbinical or Torah, whatever level it is. Or Shmuel, amand Shmuel says, Mutala You can have it with milk. Kutach is milk. Again, Itmar it was stated, Dagim Fish that were cooked in the Rashi says in the meaty plates. Rav Rav says, Asola It's forbidden to have that with milk. Or Shmuel Shmuel says, Mutalach Lam You can have them with milk. Rav Amar Asos. let's carry on. Rav says it's forbidden. Noten Ta'am It's given taste to the fish. The meaty taste has been imparted to the fish and you can't therefore have it with milk. Or Amar and Shmuel says, mutar, which is our halacha. We go with Shmuel. Noten tam Bar Noten tam Hu. It's too far away. It's a taste of a taste. It's too far away from the original source to create a fusion of meat and milk together. And this is our entry point into the world of para food cooked in meaty pots. I cook the fish in a meaty pot and I shouldn't be able to have it with fish. Says Shmuel, of course you can have it with fish. Why? Because the taste that was imparted from the pot into the fish wasn't coming from the direct source and the original source. It came from a secondary place. And it came from a secondary place It's so weak, I can't possibly tell you that that mixed with milk would create basa b'chalav. To create basa b'chalav, I need strong tastes. It's hard to create a We find very similar with Pesach as well, for something to be created to be chamez. Something's always prohibited, it's always prohibited, it stays like that. But to create it, to fuse it together, the rabbis were conservative. They said, I don't know if something with such a weak taste, like taste coming out of a pot, which is the weakest kind of taste, it's forbidden. You couldn't put milk in this meaty pot. But if it's already in the fish, to go ahead and move it on, I don't mind so much about that which is is the the abbreviation of that is it's not bar it's taste of taste and therefore it's permitted based on that every time you cook any hara food in a meaty pot you should always be able to have it with milk and the answer is especially for Svadim many times you can and even for Ashkenazi much of this is permitted And much of, oh my gosh, I've cooked it in a meaty pot, can I have it? I've mixed it already. Much, as we'll see, is completely permitted. The Ramah is more careful than the Shulchan Aruch. And there's an argument, which we'll get to briefly in the end, of the way the Shach understands what the Svadim should do, and the way Rebbe Vadia and some of the Svadim understand as well. Obviously not arguing with the Shach, but bringing sources from the Bet Yosef to support him. So the moment you look at the Gemara, and you see that Shmuel says that the fish that was put onto the meaty utensil and then mixed with milk is completely permitted. Because uh, what do you mean? There's taste of the meat lingering in this fish that's weak. And it doesn't have enough power, says the run, to fuse it together to be basa b'chala. Now, I want you to notice a few nuances in the text over here, which, are, which inform the, shul- the discussion in the Shulchan Aruch, but whether you can do this. Can you just be haphazard about your cooking as long as you're not mixing it directly with meat or milk? Can you just be easygoing with it? Look, look at the words again. It's my, it was stated, Dagim Shealu Bekara. It doesn't say Mutar Levashel Bekara shel basa. Fish that were put, that were raised, this happened. It's an expression of B'di'evet. This has happened fish came on to this plate. I didn't initially decide to use a meaty utensil in order to then mix this par of food with cheese. I happened to have used it without thinking that I would mix it and now I want to maybe consider mixing it up. That's one thing you have to consider. Also, the the question of Rashi and Tosvat over here is if this is only when hot food was placed on meat utensils, but not actually cooked. Maybe when it was cooked with a meaty utensil, then we don't apply this leniency of weak taste and nut burn nut. Maybe when boil, a boiling hot um, pasta went onto a milky plate, we'll say, come on, that kind of taste is so weak, it's irrelevant. But many Ashkenazim say, and we'll see soon in the Shulchan Aruch, that if it was cooked in a pot and there was a fire was on, that extracted from the walls of the pot a very strong taste that was like as if it came from the original meat itself. Let's see in the Shulchan Aruch what the Halakha is. And I've given, and I guess we can send these around, Rabbi, afterwards, but those are my summary of what we're going to discuss, just that it should be of practical use to everyone who's um, joined up to this shiol. I'll go back to here, so one second. Okay. Let's look at the Shulchan Aruch in 95 in Yoradea. Dagim Shanit Bashlu, fish that were cooked are or they were roasted. Bekdera shal basar, in a meaty pot, rochut sa washed well, which is always for us nowadays. We have dishwashers and it's irrelevant. She'ein shun shuman but there was no fat attached to it. If you wash out well, you'll see clearly. Mutala you cook par of food in a meaty pot, it's completely permitted. Mishum not tam bar, not tam. The taste extracted is too weak to make something prohibited. The hetera of, of permitted substances. If it wasn't washed well, if there's one to sixty ratio against it, but again with a fish, you cannot have it anymore. With milk, the Shulchan Aruch says everything is permitted. There are some svarim that say that you can use pots haphazardly. It doesn't matter. As long as they're clean, you're not cooking milk. It seems to be my understanding. Rebbe Vadya Yosef understands in the the mind of the Shulchan Aruch and the Beit Yosef that it's completely permitted. You can cook para food in a meaty pot and have it afterwards with cheese. That is the classic understanding of nut bar nut. A pot is a weak taste, especially, I guess. No, yeah, a pot is a very weak taste. And it comes out. And if it's going into para food to say that then you take that food to mix it with cheese is prohibited, says Shmuel and then it says the Shulchan Arach, that's too far. That would never create Basava Chalav. And if you'll see in my notes in the end, that's permitted. But the Ashkenazim, which which here, this that I'm highlighting now, is the Ramah, two from later. And the Ramah says, the Yesh Mach but Sliya Obishal. There are Rishonim that Tosvat quoted that are careful if you cooked it on the fire. And they say if you use a meaty pot on the fire and that extracts some taste, that's even as much as the taste was coming from the meat itself and it's strong, because the fire brought out the potency of the taste. <speaking in Spanish> to forbid it. <speaking in Spanish> and our custom is to forbid if you can. Just one second. A new one. You have to call in here. So, it's, 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 but, it's, If post-facto, after the fact, it's, it's, but, 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 sorry. but, 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 Specifically to eat with milk and meat. Even Ashkenazim would say you can use meaty utensils with food that was cooked in a milky pot. No problem. So is a custom? Okay, I'm going to go back to that soon. What I'd like to do is just summarize, just in case we don't finish, the halachot that we've said. Let's start. Although meat and milk are both halakhically permitted food types, when combined they form a halakhically forbidden mixture. However, there must be a strong flavour of meat and milk to create this forbidden mixture. A weak taste of either meat or milk stops the creation of such a, such a mixture. In many cases, if the taste of either meat or milk transfers from a utensil to any power of food, the meat and milk flavour is weakened, so it's permitted to cook or eat this power of food with meat or milk. The correct terminology is nat bar nat. Okay, now Ashkenazim and most Sephardim say, because it seems to me most Sephardim I didn't see go with this custom of Rabbi Badia, the people that I asked, that's forbidden to cook para food in a meaty pot with the intent to eat the food with milk. That means even though there's a concept of nat ba nat, the rabbi seem to be hesitant that you should go ahead and, and say, well, I don't care about my pots. It's a weak taste. It seems to be from the understanding of the Rishonim, and from the expression of the Gemara, you remember She'alu Bikara. that was happened to have been on a meter utensil, it can be then mixed. Not that you should think that's an ideal scenario. but B'dievad means, this B'dievad means, it was cooked already like that, and the question I have is, can I then mix it? But Ashkenazi, 90%. And the Sfadim that I've spoken to, but I, I'm not, you know, I guess there's always differences. And I'm sure the rabbi here will say, well, those Sfadim and these Sfadim and this custom and that custom will come to what, what ravadia actually says. But many Sfadim that I spoke to in their custom are also careful, which is interesting because the the, the 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 Shach understands the Shulchan Aruch was also saying only if you already cooked your pasta in a meaty pot, it was the intent to have it with bolognese, and then you have leftovers. You already cooked your soup in a meaty pot with the intent to have it with a meaty meal, and then you want to put cheese in it afterwards. You already cooked whatever you wanted with intent to have it with meat. That's what the sfadim say. Then it's okay. But to go ahead and say, take all my pots in my kitchen. I don't actually mind. Use anything for anything. I saw people were hesitant. But, you should know, Rebbe Vadya permits you to cook food in a meaty pot with the intent to have the food with milk. That means I know this pot's meaty, and I know that this food I'm going to have with cheese, no problem. That's nabanat, And that's how understands the Shulchan Aruch, which is it's a Chelech test, I think it's Simon Dalit on Yabiyah Omer, Yabiyah Omer. He understands it doesn't make a difference. Nat banat, Shmuel says a weak taste from a pot. Whether you're doing it initially, you know you're doing it. And also, as well as that, you also are doing it with Bishel, There's a strong taste coming out. It's permitted. And therefore, the relevant to your kitchens at home, you use a meaty pot, you cook vegetables inside, you could have them with a milky meal. Many Spadim say, if I already cooked my food and I didn't have the intent to do that, then I'm allowed to have it with milk. But I can't initially go and do that, but Ravadiyah permits it completely. And there's a debate in understanding what the Shulchan Aruch actually meant. Now, Ashkenazim, we, if power food had already been cooked in the meaty part, it's, it's permitted for. So I'm going to put this as bullet points. Sphardim to have the para food together with cheese. Ashkenazim to have the para food together with cheese if the pot had not been used for hot meat within 24 hours of using it for the para food because we're careful if it's cooked. And Sphardim and Ashkenazim to eat the meaty food if it was only placed on a meaty plate off the fire. What we have now is a difference between Ashkenazim and Sphardim with para food. When you use a meaty pot, then Ashkenazim would say it was cooked together with the pasta was cooked in a meaty pot, I'm not going to mix that with cheese. But, Bediyeved, if you did mix it with cheese, and you're ready because you didn't realise, that's permitted, it's not by nut. We just want you to keep away from that. Now, both father and Ashkenazim allow you to use it with meaty or milky utensils. And as well as that, The only Chumrah really that the the Ashkenazim are super careful for more is if it was cooked in a meaty or milky pot. And let's go down. Let's go back to the Shulchan Aruch and see that in the Shulchan Aruch Ramah and the Shach. I'm going to go again. If fish was cooked or roasted in a meaty pot, You can have it and you can use it. And Rabbi Vadya understands any pot, as long as it's clean, and you, you cooked para food inside it, can then be mixed with cheese afterwards. That's Rabbi Vadya's understanding of it. Comes along the Ramah and says, listen, I'm not going to forbid everything because I like the concept of nut by but, but I'm careful for two core principles. One, the whole nut but nut was really only if you've already cooked. Or always in a Bidiyavid situation. Never, if I th- never that I'm using it initially when I know I'm going to mix it with milk afterwards. And number two, I- I'm going to says the Ramah, I'm going to go even further, like Tasvat and say actually the whole nut but nut was relevant to plates that were hot. You put a pot on the fire that extracts the core taste of the meat or the milk from the walls of the pot, which will be imparted into the food itself. That's the Ramah. But even the Ramah says that's only lechat l'chathchila. L'Chathchila means that I shouldn't go ahead and mix it afterwards with cheese. However, what I if it's already mixed, that's going to be permitted. And I started off the shiur by saying there's different kinds of L'Chathchila. There's lechatchila, which means, can I go ahead and use a meaty pot with the intent to have this power of food with cheese? That's question one. Many Sfadim would say, no. The Shach understands the Shulchan Aruch, he is Ashkenazi, but he explains that Sfadim would never, even though they permit food that was cooked, that's only after the fact if it was cooked, then you could then mix it with milk. They never ever say that you can ideally go ahead and do that. They don't want you mixing the two together. Look at the shach on the side of the shulchan aruch. If you mix the two together, it's permitted. To cook in a meaty pot. In order to have with milk. It's, it's forbidden even according to the Shulchan Aruch, which is that many Spadim understand. That Nat is a concept that's only once something has happened. But I can't go ahead and cause Nat nut to happen. And I can't say I'm using whatever pot I want. However, ravadia based on the Bet Yosef, has a different understanding. And he says you can even cause Nat nut to happen. And if you use the pot with intent to have it with cheese, that's also okay. The Roma says that we're careful, first of all, for lechat chila, and that ideally you can't do it. But then he says, but if you do do it, and it's already mixed, then it's permitted. Both Sfadin and Ashkenazim say that if you cooked food in a meaty pot, it could be used with the opposite cutlery, with milky or meaty cutlery. And that's the end of part one. My next two parts were related to dishwashers and as well as that to the stoves. We'll have to do that at different times. I do have to leave at this point. I just wanted to make sure I didn't cancel. Just so I've, I've got to run back to the engagement. I wish you all Gemach, Tava, and a good Yom Tov. It's been a pleasure learning with you tonight.
0: Thank you so much, Rabbi. Mazaltov. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Thank you,
1: everyone. Thank and you for coming. Um, I'm sorry for the shortness of it.
0: will have you on many times afterwards. So Let it.
1: me That's know it. any questions. Please be in touch. I've got to run, guys. See you. Bye-bye. See you.
0: Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.